Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. To Border, the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Voted on by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. The award-winning Wendy's Big Show. Let's get ready to rock. Let's get ready to go. Get set. Ready. Get up. Hey. Let's get it on. Wendy's. The Wendy's Big Show. Showtime, baby. Showtime. This is the Wendy's Big Show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, former Badger and Packers running back Gary Ellerson, and the inventor of the Lambo Leap, Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. Well, well, it's the Big Show. Final hour of the Wendy's Big Show. No Steve Sparky Pfeiffer in for the last hour for him. I'm Toby Altizer. No Gary Ellerson or Leroy Butler. They're at a golf outing today. Just me, Adam Roberts, and you. You want to call in, you can give us a call on the Van Horn Direct toll-free talk line, 855-830-8648. Start your deal today at vanhornauto.com, or you can tweet us at Big Show Network. Want to get into what we started the show with today. How emotionally invested do you get into the Brewers' regular season? Because I think watching what you see on Twitter and what you see and here in different places, people get pretty emotionally invested in the regular season. And I don't know that I have a problem with it, but sometimes it leads to some craziness that you don't actually believe about this team. Or you get a little too overly invested and one win feels like you won the World Series. One win or one loss feels like you're out of it. It sounds, Toby, like you might be leaning towards the lower end of the caring spectrum. I'm invested, but I also realize there's 162 games. And Tale as old as time. I, I think that's sometimes what we forget about. You know, we're so used to following the Packers or even the Bucks to an extent where, you know, we'll talk about one game in the middle of, you know, December or January. As a, you know, it's not that big a deal. But at the same point, you'd like to see them win. There's 82 games in a basketball season. So even that one is not a big deal. 162 games is even less of a big deal for one specific game. If you're looking at series as a whole, I guess I can understand. But I think sometimes you get a little too emotionally invested to the point that you end up overreacting to wins and losses. You know, was it disappointing to see what happened in that four-game set in San Francisco? Absolutely. But it also causes you to overreact to certain things with players and different things like that. Are you worried about Josh Hader at all? I don't think you need to be. I think he'll get back on on his game. 
You know, he's gone through stretches before in his career where he struggled a little bit, and he gets back on top of it. But sometimes we do those sort of things. You get so invested into this team, and rightfully so. You care about this team. You want to watch them. You want to see them do well. You go into this season with probably the highest expectations a Brewers team has had in a couple of decades, possibly in the franchise's history. You know, we've talked about it here in Milwaukee a little bit over the last week and how things have kind of turned from, oh, it's a nice story. We won the NL Central. Oh, it's nice. We finally got into the playoffs. It's changed now to, can we win this thing? Can we go to the World Series and try and win one? It's not about just getting into the dance. Now it's trying to win one. And I think that's one thing that has maybe made Brewers fans a little on edge this season. You know, generally, you're going to be invested in the season. You're going to watch them. You're going to care about what happens night in, night out. But if they lose a game, all right, well, we're just trying to win the Central. You know, we're still a half game up. That's fine. Or, you know, we're just trying to get into the playoffs. We're still in a playoff spot. No big deal. Or, you know, you know, or they vice versa. They win a game. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. That should help us get into the playoffs. But, you know... Is it really going to make a huge difference? Probably not. I think that's how maybe it's been in the past to an extent. I mean, there's still going to be those that overreact. But now because the expectations for this year are so high, it's not, hey, let's compete against the Cardinals and then that's pretty much the rest of the division because the rest of the division is just garbage. But let's compete against the Cardinals. No, it's more like, hey, let's try to beat the Mets. Let's try to beat the Dodgers. Let's try to be at the top of the National League. And you see those teams doing so well that it makes you almost overreact night in, night out. You know, Toby, I'm going to make a reference to something. It's not going to seem like it's going to make sense it's at the start, but I promise you it does. Because right. I've been thinking about this when we did this topic in the first hour, and I'm thinking about it now. So I, outside of following sports and our local teams like I've been doing my entire life, I am really into, outside of work, video games and okay. video game culture. And one of the games I like to play a lot is the game Overwatch, which just dropped their Overwatch 2 beta a few weeks ago. Finally got into that. Uh, But a few years ago, a streamer on Twitch made a reference to the game Overwatch when he said, it's basically this feeling of, I'm not having fun, but I want to go again Mm -hmm. when it comes to playing that game. And while it is true for that game, I have found that it is starting to become true this season for Brewers fans from my outsider perspective, listening to all the calls that I've gotten at this, on this show and others over the last few months. It seems like fans aren't having fun watching this team, but they keep coming back for more because it's the Brewers and you want to stay in. You want to say you were there for the whole ride, even if maybe mentally and emotionally it is exhausting fans to the point Mm -hmm. of just wanting to throw their hands in the air turn bally's off and not watch another game check back in in september once the playoffs start but you can't because it's the brewers that's what you do it's july it's summertime i have to watch baseball this team makes me want to rip my hair out at times but it's the Brewers, so I'm going to be there watching the game on Friday and Saturday nights, grilling out and putting it on the radio on a Sunday. That, that's so I said it's a weird sort of correlation. Sure. But that line, I'm not having fun, but I want to listen or watch again, I think could apply here. Yeah, I think that does make a lot of sense now that you brought it around. At first, you started talking video games. I didn't know where it was going. but <laughs> See what I did there. It works out. <laughs> it all works out. Yeah, I think you're right. 
I think that is how some Brewers fans feel and that they're not having fun watching this team. They're not enjoying watching this team each night play baseball because you see frustrating things like you've seen in this series. You see a lack of offense. You get that frustrating call on Saturday night with the balk call. You have Josh Hader blowing it on Friday. On Thursday, you luckily you won, but you have a bases loaded, no one out situation in which you don't score runs. Those are frustrating. Incredibly frustrating as a fan to watch them do that, and it seems like it's a nightly occurrence. But I wonder, you know, you've always been invested in the Brewers. I'm not questioning the Brewers fan base here. That's not what I'm trying to say. You've always been invested. But I wonder if some of the angst about this Brewers team, some of the uneasiness is because of the higher expectations going into this year. Last year, going into the playoffs against the Braves, you felt like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll get through the NLDS, we'll be back in the NLCS, and let's give this thing a run. And then the offense went cold, and you didn't even make it out of the NLDS. You lost in four games. And I wonder if some of that angst from last year and the expectation going into this year has led to some of the uneasiness of watching this baseball team. And maybe it's made you a little more emotionally invested in this team. You know, that that's the question we're asking you is how emotionally invested do you get into the Brewers regular season? Maybe part of the reason you're a little more into it this year is because you're thinking, this is a really good team. You know, we talked about it during the run-up to the season. Look at this pitching staff. They could be the best pitching staff in baseball. Look at the hitters. Is it better? No, but you have guys that, You know these guys, so hopefully they're able to get going. And I made the comment that I thought this is one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest roster in baseball. And I think in the first half, they've kind of proved that. They're still in first place in the Central, despite dealing with injuries to a number of big names during the first half of the season. They're still in first place by a half a game. Has it been incredibly frustrating at times to watch them do things that you know they're better than? Yeah, absolutely. But I think for the majority of the time, they've been a satisfactory team. Like they've, they wouldn't say they've overachieved or maybe slightly underachieved to an extent. But I think they're kind of right where you'd expect them to be. But I think a majority of Brewers fans had sky high expectations. And when you watch them night in, night out, you know, Sparky tweeted it the other day this is a first place team that just does not feel like it. And I think he's right. I think I've been more optimistic than just about every other Brewers fan, so you know I don't want to be blind to that. I understand that there's a lot of Brewers fans that do not think this baseball team is good, or they think this baseball team is something that's just going to get into the playoffs. Maybe they can beat the Cardinals in the Central, and they're just going to fizzle out. So I understand all those feelings, but at the same point, I think going into the second half, you start getting a little more healthy. These pitchers start pitching a little bit better, You give some of these guys a little bit of a break for a couple of days. I think Rowdy Telez is one of those guys that just needs a little bit of a break and he'll get back going again. I think you could see them have a really good second half. And then you could see them being right back to the team that we had as a preseason contender in the National League with these teams like the Mets and the Dodgers. Hopefully that's the case. Because otherwise, you know, we talk about how emotionally invested you're going to be even more so because it's going to become. August. It's going to become September. And you're going to be in a pennant race against the Cardinals. I don't know. It's going to be an exciting little run here 
How emotionally invested do you get into the Brewers regular season? 855-830-8648 on the Van Horn Direct toll-free talk line. Or you can tweet us at Big Show Network. More of the Wendy's Big Show comes up next. Border to Border, the Big Show Radio Network. Wendy's Big Show, final hour. Toby Altizer in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Gary and Leroy out at a golf outing today. So just me and Adam Roberts and you guys. You poor, poor fools. <laughs> We're live from the Lakeland University Studios, which is now offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakelands.edu. And at Wendy's, the wait is over. Wendy's Summer Strawberry Chicken Salad is back, and it's the event of the summer featuring freshly prepared ingredients like a mix of salad greens, grilled chicken, oven-baked crispy applewood smoked bacon, candied almonds, Italian cheese blend, and to top it all off, of course, the fresh summer strawberries. All beautifully tossed together and served with a side of sweet champagne vinaigrettes. Only at Wendy's. Don't miss the fan favorite, the summer strawberry chicken salad. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Talking about the Milwaukee Brewers, how emotionally invested do you get into the Brewers' regular season? Gunslinger12 tweets at Big Show Network, You know it's bad when explaining the team on air, you guys said, quote, The pitching staff could be the best in the majors. End quote. Quote, The offense, well, you know these guys. You still need to hit in the playoffs. If the only thing you can come up with is, you know these guys, that's not good. I agree. At the same point, you need pitching in the playoffs. It, Bart said it here in Milwaukee, the morning show host here in Milwaukee, and I think he's got a really good point when he talks about the playoffs in baseball and how unpredictable they can be. We saw a team in the Braves last year win the World Series. Did anyone expect the Braves to win the whole thing going into the playoffs? No. Outside of Atlanta, probably not. No, they just got hot at the right time. The hitters found a way to give you enough offense, and they had good pitching. It all worked together. They did revamp at the trade deadline, so yes, they did do a little bit of work on that team to try and make it better. But overall, would you have expected Atlanta to be there? Probably not. 2020 was a different year. But 2019, did anyone expect the Nationals where they were? Now, they were the hottest team in baseball going into the playoffs. But did anyone expect them where they were at to be in the World Series and winning it? I don't know that people necessarily expected that one either. That means a lot coming from you. Well, I'm not being 100% honest. I expected them to win it. <laughs> but I don't think a majority of people did expect them to win that thing. So if the Brewers get hot at the right time, the offense gets going a little bit. Yes, it's a little bit of a question mark of whether they can get going. But if they can have a couple guys get hot at the right time, you could see them being a team that is a tough out in the playoffs because if you can get the pitching that we expected. Here's the thing that no one's talking about with this Brewers team. And I don't know if it's because we're scared to talk about it or what it is or we're just blaming the offense. The pitching staff, it's partially because of injuries, but has not been as good as you expected it to be. Think about the guys that we were touting that you were excited about this year, 
Corbin Burns, all right, he's lived up to expectations. Josh Hader, all right, well, up until the last week or two, he'd lived up to expectations, but even he's been disappointing over the last couple weeks. Devin Williams has been good. He's been pretty much what you'd expect. I'd say the same thing about Boxberger. But then look at the starting rotation again. Corbin Burns has been fine. Brandon Woodruff, has he been what you expected? No. He's been better recently, but is he overall what you saw in the first half, the Woody that you expected to see? No. Freddie Peralta's missed a lot of time now, and he probably will get back at some point before the end of the regular season. But even when Freddie was on the mound, was he everything that you expected him to be? I don't know that you could say that he was. He had a couple of stinkers that kind of maybe hurt his ERA a little bit, but even he wasn't up to the standard that he'd kind of created for himself after his stellar season last year. Then you look at the bottom of the rotation. Eric Lauer started hot. He had a good last start, but in between those, he's been struggling. And then Adrian Hauser. Eh, not ideal. And then you thought, all right, well, even if those guys struggle a little bit, Ashby can step right in. And Ashby hasn't been that great. So the pitching staff has not been as good as it was supposed to be. You know, as much as we want to say it's still the best pitching staff in the majors and they have had, you know, decent success with their pitching staff, it has not been as good as you would expect. It gets overblown or it doesn't get talked about because the offense is so bad and kind of overshadows how poorly at times the pitching has been. But the pitching hasn't been great. And that's why I think there's, you know, there's two sides you can look at this with this Brewers team. You can look at it pessimistically and say, wow, this team is underachieved. They should be so much better than what they've been so far. You know, right now they're sitting a half game up in the central. They could be five, six, seven games up. And you're right. They could be. But you could also look at it on the flip side and be a little optimistic and say, the pitching hasn't been healthy and hasn't been as good as we expected. I think they'll get it going in the second half. Just based on track record and what I've seen from these guys, I think they can kind of get it going a little bit. You look at the offense and say, you know what? Same sort of thing. Even though we didn't have the highest of expectations for this offense, wow, they haven't even met those. But could they get it going just a little bit? Guys like Colton Wong. You've seen Colton Wong throughout his career. You know what Colton Wong is. Is this the Colton Wong you knew in St. Louis? Absolutely not. So can he get it going? Some of the other guys... Willie Adamas has hit a lot of home runs, but his average is way down there. Can he raise that average up a little bit? Can some of these other guys that you've seen throughout their career get it going? Yeah, absolutely. And so then you could think, all right, well, at least we're still a half game up in the central. I think maybe the right way to look at it would be somewhere in the middle of those things. But I think sometimes what happens with Brewers fans is you get too much on one side or the other. You know, you're either going to be the Brewers apologist that no matter what happens, any given night, it's, oh, it's all right. They'll figure it out. And maybe I fall into that category a little too much sometimes. But then there's the other side, too, where no matter what happens, they win a two-to-one ball game. Ah, could have scored more than two runs, or they could have done this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think sometimes what you do is you put the Brewers in a lose-lose situation. Think back a couple weeks ago when they lost... Four out of six to the Cubs and the Pirates. Adam, what was the reaction when they lost four of six to the Cubs and the Pirates? Uh, if I remember correctly, it was totally mellow, very yeah. controlled. 
Everyone had very, very concise, well-thought-out takes about the rest of the season. And uh, I'm not totally burying the actual takes underneath Six Feet Under. That's exactly what happened. No, it was pretty—people were not happy. Well, and what what were they kind of saying about the Cubs and the Pirates? Uh, I mean, they're bad baseball teams. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think too much about it. They're just bad baseball they're saying, teams. They're they saying, How, we can't even beat the bottom feeders— were terrible, right? That's what I meant to say. So yeah. guess what happened when the Brewers were doing well in the first 50 games and they beat the Cubs and the Pirates? It What's was, that, Toby? It was, uh, well, I mean, they're not playing good teams. So, uh, you know, w- w- what am I supposed to look into? They're not playing good teams. Don't put the team in this situation. Stop doing this to yourself. Don't. If they win a baseball game, it doesn't matter who it's against. It's a win. It's a win. Doesn't matter if it's against the Pirates. Doesn't matter if it's against the Cubs. Doesn't matter if it's against the Dodgers. Doesn't matter if it's against the Giants. When they win baseball games, that's awesome. Let's celebrate that. But also, let's not overdo it. But then on the flip side, when they lose baseball games, stop putting them in that lose-lose situation where earlier in the season, it's the Cubs and the Pirates, whatever. No big deal. But then they lose to them, and it's, Oh my goodness, we can't even beat the bad teams. Stop putting them in both situations there. Just let's not overreact to some of these wins and losses. You know, this Brewers team has been generally a little bit underwhelming this year. But at the same time, they're a half game up in the NL Central. They're in first place at the All-Star break. I think sometimes we have to take a step back and see some of those things and understand where this Brewers team is at. 855-830-8648 on the Van Horn Direct Toll Free Talk Line. Let's get out to Nate in North Milwaukee. Nate, what's going on? What's going on, Toby? Um, for me, um, I feel like I've, I talked to Tim yesterday, and the question was, how do you feel as far as um, the first half of the season? And I said, they did enough to be, to be the leaders in the century. But mm-hmm. I told him, I said, that's not enough to win playoff playoff series or um, stuff like that or to even get into the playoffs. I feel like um, I feel like the second half, they're going to need to be better on all facets um, as far as pitching, defense, um, offense, managing, and even um, as far as the upper ups. Um, David Stern, he has to be better as well. Um, because I I try I try to reflect it. this last series has given me a lot of things to reflect about, and I'm like I look at the team and I'm like, well I I keep I keep ripping, ripping on the offense, and then I I go I turn around and like you got Jason Alexander giving up 75 runs mm-hmm. on the offense. I mean no no offense is going to be able to come da- come back if every time they score some runs you give up. They score two and you give up seventeen. They, how is that fair on them? And then, then again, then I then I go back to, well, how is Jason Alexander supposed to do what he does? It's got guys fumbling, fumbling routine plays, throwing it all over the place. And then and then you got and then I got I'm thinking like, well, where's where's guys that we can call up? You know, um, that are ready. And that goes to David Stearns and. And, and the GM, so that's where I am as far as that. But me personally, I with Colton Wong, I don't know why, but Colton Wong has really been irritating me over the last week or so. 
And I, I think it's time to see Bryson Terang up here. Um, if Colton, if you can use Colton Wong to get some type of some type of bat up here and bring Bryce Terang up, and let's see what he has because I look at their numbers and they're they're almost the same type of person. And I just feel like we should be trying to give the guys in our in our organization some type of chance to get up here. And if you can move Wong and get something for him either an arm or, 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 or a decent bat in the outfield or at third base. I mean, I'm with Sparky now at this point. Like, he's not providing what he's supposed yeah. to provide. It's a great defense. So why is he up here? You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree, Nate. Appreciate the phone call. So yep. to – oh, sorry, Nate. Uh, to his point about bringing up Bryce Terang, I was curious about his numbers – uh, Nate comparing him, that saying that Wong and Terang are pretty much the same guy. Uh, so far in 2022 in Nashville, Terang has 335 at-bats, is hitting 281 with a 342 on-base percentage, four home runs, 39 RBI, 19 stolen bases. Uh, comparing that with Wong, who has about, uh, about almost 100 fewer at-bats this season, uh, 227. 22 RBIs, oh. 10 stolen bases, 6 home runs, and a 313 on base percentage. Yeah, I mean, at this point, there isn't anything necessarily redeeming for Colton Wong at this point. I don't know that I would go as far as trading him or anything yet or trying to bring up Bryce Terang, but I do get the frustration. I, I really do, because this is not the Colton Wong you've seen for so long playing against the Brewers. And even last year with the Brewers, you didn't see this Colton Wong. And yet this year he's struggling mightily, and he's just not giving you a whole lot. You expected him to be your leadoff guy to hit 270 or so, have a, a on base above 350 or so, and then to play gold glove caliber defense, and he's done none of that. Speaking of middle infielders, uh, Kurt Hogue, uh, Brewers beat writer, Journal Sentinel, we had him on earlier in the show today. He said he was going to be watching the rest of this draft from his couch following along as the Brewers continue their picks today. They have taken another middle infielder at shortstop. Dylan O'Ray, third rounder, a Canadian, uh, listed at five foot nine. Kurt says 160 pounds, not a very big guy. What position do you say he plays? Shortstop. Oh, yeah, of course. And he has a lefty swing. Kurt says he does a good job barreling up the ball and runs well. Other than that, not a ton of him information-wise. So Dylan O'Ray, the Canadian, the first pick of day two for the Brewers at shortstop. No chance they take anything but middle, up the middle, or pitching. Gosh, <laughs> I am with Sparky a little bit. That does get a little bit frustrating. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Wendy's Big Show. When we come back, the aforementioned Kurt Hogue, he joined the show a little bit earlier today. If you missed that, we'll replay that for you next here on the Wendy's Big Show. Wisconsin Wide, the Big Show Radio Network. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Runaway train, never going back. Long way on a one-way track. The Wendy's Big Show, Toby Altizer in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer for the final hour alongside Adam Roberts. At Wendy's, you can get yourself a strawberry frosty and the time to enjoy yourself with a strawberry frosty, well, that's just built right in. So rich and creamy that a straw just won't cut it and finishing one, well, make sure to check your watch because that's going to take you at least 15 minutes. Is it frosty time yet? By that we mean is it the time for you to enjoy a moment with a frosty and doing the best thing that you can think of during the summer. Whatever goes best with the f- best treat of the summer, make sure you pick up a strawberry frosty treat before they are gone. They're going fast, so when it's time for frosty time, choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Earlier today, Kurt Hogue from the Journal Sentinel joined the show to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. And we asked him the same question we asked you guys. How emotionally invested do you get into the Brewers' regular season? Uh, there's a little bit of the it doesn't matter, but I feel like even some of that is shrouded in negativity of, like, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't think, you know, they're, like, they're not good enough. Uh, so it's uh, this season for a team, and we'll get into this too. Like, it's you can't just use a blanket statement of they're in first place and, like, you know, make it seem like that means they're playing great because they're not. But, I mean, they are in first place, and – you would have probably no idea considering uh, some of the reaction to how the first half of the season went. I said it, uh, and I got a lot of flack, and some people that agreed with me, uh, that it just doesn't feel like I'm watching a first-place team. It just doesn't. I mean, from from the defensive lapses, um, from the pitching meltdowns that we've seen, uh, from hitting it with you know bases loaded, not being able to get our single run in, Numerous times throughout the year, I think we're at what six or seven times that's happened this year. Uh, I mean, from all of that, you turn on a Yankees game, that feels like a first place team. Uh, if you watch the Astros, that feels like a first place team. You watch this team, this does not necessarily feel like a first place team. It, it feels more like a 500 team than it feels like a first place team. That's probably because they've played under 500 ball since you know getting off to the best start and. In- in franchise history, I mean, we, we forget that we're not that far removed from them being, what was it, 30, like 32 and 18 or something That's along those point. lines. The, yep. the, the, that was, you know, and we're talking, oh, this has a, this has a chance to be a 9,500-win team. I mean, they looked the part, too. Uh, they were clicking in all, on all cylinders. And so I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, you, you watch them for the last two months, and it has not looked like a first-place team. Now it is. But they have the 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 product has has not looked like what you would expect from a team that has managed to hang on to first place in that time. You know the other thing about this uh, team, Kurt, when we talk about this Brewers team uh, and what happened over the weekend, the big story of the weekend uh, was the balk or non-balk uh, that happened that essentially uh, cost the Brewers a baseball game in the bottom of the eighth inning um, on Saturday night. Uh, from um, uh, what you might call it, what's his name? I forgot his name. Now I'm blanking. 
Uh, Pat Holberg? Are we talking about the ump? No, no, no. The, the, pitcher? the pitcher that had the balk. What's oh, it was Gustave. Gustave, yes. Thank you, Gustave. And to me, it looked like his back foot stepped off when I, when I was watching it. Uh, for you, did it look like a balk for you? Because even after the game, they came to the the, the lead ump came to the defense uh, to make the call. Uh, what did you think? Well, the the issue with the, what the ump said uh, was it, it it didn't line up with the video at all. And I get like they don't really have to. I mean, that's kind of how pool reporting, pool reporters, you know, with umpires or referees after the game works is like they just kind of give an answer and they don't really have to. It doesn't have to necessarily have to be right. They just have to give an answer. Um, and he said that Gustave uh, started to come set with his hands, uh, kind of moved them up and then down, but like his hands didn't move at all. Like they, they legitimately didn't move. So I, I, I watched it countless times that I'm sure you and everyone else did. Yep. A boxer box are kind of like they're kind of ubiquitous and like confusing anyway. But I, I just I truly did not see anything that, that lined up with a block. I, I, I think Pat Holberg, the ump, might have thought he saw you know, thought he may have seen a like a little flinch from Gustave. Um but even then there wasn't enough to I mean he was he was very quick and adamant about it and it just it just wasn't there. No, it wasn't there. I, I didn't think it was there either. My question is, should that be something that you should be able to go to replay for? Yeah, absolutely. The problem with that then is is kind of what I said about box there. <laughs> no one ever knows what a block is unless it's incredibly obvious. Right. So it's it's easy to uphold it. Um I, I feel like that one might have gotten overturned. Um, I think so. And you run into the problem of like, you know, you got the umpire in New York who is an umpire and he's correcting his, you know, fellow umpire's call. And so is he really going to be motivated to, you know, say, <laughs> say he was wrong? Uh, but it absolutely should be reviewable. I mean, that's a game changing play. Um, like there's, there's, there's no recourse and, you know, there's, you can correct so many other plays in baseball and I get why some of the ones that are reviewable are, are not reviewable are that way. Uh, but a balk is, I mean, there's, there's a clear stop and start to the action. Like you can just move the base runners back a base. You know what I mean? It's, it's incredibly easy to correct it. If it's, if it's an incorrect call. Tom with Kurt Hogue, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Brewers beat writer here on the Wendy's big show. Follow him on Twitter at C Y R T Hogue. Uh, what about this? Uh, in years past, uh, with when Doug Melvin was here and so forth, you would hear from Doug, well, you know, we'll see how we're playing the, in the next couple of weeks leading up to the deadline. Uh, you know, that very well could determine what we decide, what we want to do at the deadline. Do we think this is going to have any merit on what they do at the deadline if if they're struggling still after the All-Star break? Um, it's, it's an interesting, it's, it's sort of like an interesting situation, right? I mean, everyone, you know, you, you assume they're going to be buyers no matter unless they completely lose what <laughs> the next 10 out of the break, which looking at the schedule is probably not going to happen. I think they're more inclined to win a bunch of games uh, coming out of, out of this all-star break than lose, but it, it, it's, it's a matter of like, of, of where, you know, where do you add? I feel like everyone, like I said, knows they're going to. Um, the thing with the roster is it's clearly not, it has not played like a, a, a true competitor. Now, you get into the playoffs, they, they have the pitching to get hot, uh, and anything could happen, but you just kind of look up and down. And what's, what's tricky about the way this roster is situated is it's, a, it's deep in terms of it has lots of 
lots of po- you know possible potential contributors who are hitting or pitching around you know league average, but there's just not the there's just not the top end to it, and so there's not a ton of specific holes. I think center field is the obvious one. Third base might be another sneaky one, but uh, but it'll it'll be that's what, that's what makes it challenging is because they'll they'll be have to be moving pieces uh no matter what maybe that's maybe that's you know kind of an opportunity for the brewers to get creative or inventive like they tend to do and you know load up on a position that no one expected them to what about colton wall at second base i mean i i said this uh two three weeks ago that if it were me i would consider moving wong letting arias play second base and then finding a finding a, a power bat or finding another bat uh, that can come in and play third base. Grant you, there's not a lot of bats available right now as we sit uh, for the trade deadline as far as you know, guys that are going to change your lineup necessarily, but at least it would be an upgrade uh, at third base. I think Drury was uh, one of the names that's out there from the Cincinnati Reds, and that might be an option if you're to move Urias to second base. Uh, but Wong just, not only is he not doing it offensively, defensively, it's got to be the worst year of his career, I would think. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, the metrics will tell you it's by far the worst year of his career. I mean, he's gone from being, you know, one of, if not the best second baseman defensively in baseball to like stat cast outs above average metric has him as one of the worst. And it's, it's confusing as to how that really happened. But um, I've, the last couple of weeks, I've started to look at third base a little more as a possible, possible upgrade. And then with that, I think you could get Urias or you know play Jace Peterson at second base somewhere. I think uh, I think they're still like committed to Colton Wong, but he hasn't you know moved the needle a ton offensively either. It's just been kind of a it's just it's been a funky year for him, and uh, and they could just you know if, if they do go out and get a guy like Drury, you're opening a lot more lineup possibilities um, in terms of, you know do you want to get Jace Peterson in there at second base to you know get a better offensive lineup because he's been he's been one of their best players and best hitters this year so it's uh yeah I, I i do i do think it's just been it's such a weird season for colton long there's no real explanation for why he's you know playing so much more poorly defensively when he was a gold glove candidate and might have won it if he had been healthy all of last year like this kind of skill level drop doesn't just happen it's it's confounding in a way you know, the other thing uh, about this, I, I think when we look at the Brewers, is starting pitching. And while the starting pitching isn't nearly as good as what it was last year, Lauer, the last couple of starts, seemingly has started to come back to maybe where he was closer to uh, last year. Hauser will have to wait and see how he is when he comes back. Uh, but not having Freddie Peralta, I think, is a bigger factor than people are giving credit to. Alexander has tried hard, and that's good. I'm I'm happy that... You know, he's done his best to try and do what he can. Uh, but do we have any idea how close Freddie Peralta is? I mean, are we thinking this is going to be August? Are we thinking this is going to be September? Because if it's like middle of August, I feel a lot better about things versus if we're targeting like middle of September. We will have a much better update after the All-Star break. But I mean, he was just throwing. Uh, he's he, He's been throwing for a good chunk of time now. I would not, you know, once the Brewers are able to build him up, maybe get him some like live BP sessions. He's probably not that far away from a rehab stint. Uh, he's probably the thing is he's probably gonna have to make, you know, missing what two three months. He'll probably have to make four or five starts at the minimum, you know, to to build himself up to be able to pitch in a major league game and make sure everything is is going clean in that regard. So I I I, I hesitate to have a target date because it feels like sometimes with injuries, especially this year with 
with the Brewers, it's been it's fluctuated. You know, you think a guy's coming back, and then all of a sudden it's another week or another couple of weeks. So I, I, I think they would hope for maybe mid-August uh, for Freddie Peralta to, re- to return. Mid-August, late August would be a little more conservative on that end. And then you can build him back up for for the playoffs and I think that's their hope is that he'll be available to you know start for that stretch run and then for the postseason. There you heard from Kurt Hogue from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel covers the Milwaukee Brewers for them. All right we'll wrap up the Wendy's Big Show coming up next. You're listening to the Big Show Radio Network. Wendy's Big Show, Toby Altizer in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer for the final hour alongside Adam Roberts here in the Lakeland University Studios. And at Wendy's, the wait is over. Wendy's Summer Strawberry Chicken Salad is back, and it's the event of the summer. Featuring freshly prepared ingredients like a mix of salad greens, grilled chicken, oven-baked crispy applewood smoked bacon, candied almonds, Italian cheese blend, and to top it all off, some fresh summer strawberries, all beautifully tossed together and served with a side of sweet champagne vinaigrette. Only at Wendy's don't miss the fan favorite, the summer strawberry chicken salad. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. A big thanks to Kurt Hogue, Ian Harditz, Patrick Ebert, and Trey Meyer for joining the show today. Coming up tomorrow, got a fun one for you. The guys should all be back, right, Adam? I think all of them will be back. That is what the plan is. Gary and Leroy both should be here. We'll have Tim Dillard, a Bally Sports Wisconsin pre- and post-game show. Uh, Sparky wants to get more in-depth. We didn't touch on it a ton today on the Yundel Gustave Bach from over the weekend. He wants a bit of an explanation from a former major and minor league yeah. pitcher. So, yeah, I figure we would hit on that tomorrow, so he'll be joining us to talk more about that. Yeah, I still don't know what was going on in that game. How in the world was that a balk? How do you call that in such a close game, too? And I've normally when something like this happens, you'll see pitchers on Twitter kind of go one way or the other, maybe explaining. So this is what he was probably seeing from the play. That's why he called it the way he did. There is none of that from pitchers on Twitter. They all are as confused as we are. I, I really just don't understand... Sometimes you get these sort of situations that are huge like that, and for whatever reason, the ump or the referee or whoever's calling those games looks a little too closely for things and doesn't just let the game play out, and that's unfortunately what happened to the Brewers. All right, tonight you got the Home Run Derby. I'm excited about that. Make sure you check that out. And the All-Star Game tomorrow night, Clayton Kershaw against Shane McClanahan. That should be fun. All right, that'll wrap it up for today's Wendy's Big Show. Steve Leroy, Gary, back tomorrow. Till next time, we'll see you later. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.